Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante. And I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insights straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions, regardless of whether you will apply to a particular school being highlighted in a given podcast episode you should listen to all of them, as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process. Lastly, if you have any questions you'd like me to cover on future episodes or any comments you'd like to share, please email me at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit our website at www.com collegeadmissionstalk.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the cab, everyone, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure today to introduce to you Benny Rivera, who is an undergraduate admissions counselor and the Honors Program Liaison at Iona College. Benny, how are you doing today? And welcome. I'm doing well, John. Thanks so much for having me. It is our pleasure. So, Benny, why don't we start by asking you to tell us about yourself. How long have you been in admissions, and how did you end up in this position? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, like I, like you said, my name is Benny Rivera. Um, I'm a Long Island native. I grew up in Long Beach. Um, and when I was looking at colleges, uh, I was looking at schools that had psychology because initially I would like uh, my plan was to become a school counselor because my, my high school counselor, uh, my last high school counselor in high school really impacted me and really helped me and pushed me um, to kind of get to where I was. So um, Iona was the school that I ultimately ended up choosing uh, to, to attend for my undergrad. And um, you, I, kind of as time went on, I, I left Iona for about two years after graduating um, and worked for a nonprofit, but found my way back because um, I thought it, would, it just made the most sense because I was still trying to figure out you know, whether or not I wanted to go into school counseling. And there just happened to be an open position in the admissions office. And it was really my mom who was the one that was kind of pushing me to, to consider it. And she she was, she was just knew, she knew that admissions would be a good fit for me. And it was very similar because you're working with a lot of the similar kind of population of students. And I initially wanted to work in a high school setting as well. So working with those high school students in a different way in my alma mater just was something that really drew me in. Um, so I've been there since 2017. So this is my fourth and a little over four years now, going to be five in the summer. And through that, I've been, you know, lucky enough to, um, share my experiences from my, my time as an undergrad and, and help students kind of go through the admissions process in a variety of different ways, primarily with Long Island. Long Island is my, my primary territory. Um, but I've worked with students from Staten Island. I'm currently working also with students from Connecticut. And also, like you mentioned, um, I'm also the honors program liaison, so I work very closely uh, with different uh, members of our honors faculty, specifically the director of the program and our um, assistant uh, vice provost uh, when it comes to the honors program and when it comes to you know interacting with students, making sure they have all their information that they needed, um, answering any related questions to them, con- working in collaboration with my, the admissions office and the honors program to create events. Um, 
so students can come and learn a little bit more about the program, talk to current students in the program. So I've had a lot of different hats <laughs> over the past four and a half years, but um, it's uh, I, I, Iona is, is my second home and I really enjoy being there. And, and it's been an amazing ride so far. Well, Benny, I've known you for a couple of years now and it has been an absolute pleasure to work with you. And I could tell you that Iona is extremely fortunate to have you on their team. So thank you so much for that introduction. What is it about Iona College that is so appealing and makes students want to apply, Benny? Yeah, it's such a great time to be um, at Iona right now. We're, we're really growing in a lot of different ways. And I mentioned I've seen a lot in my four and a half years. You know, when I, when I first came to campus in 2011 as, a, as an undergrad freshman, uh, we had five of the seven dorms we now have. Um, we're currently in the process of... Um, renovating this you know the space in center of the center of our campus to make it this outdoor green space because that's something that covid kind of made us realize we needed more space for our students outside um so that's something that's going to be done this spring as well uh we're currently expanding to concordia college's former campus located um, in bronxville new york we officially own that campus now that's thankfully going to be um, the home of our new school of health science bronxville new york is about five minutes from us and new rochelle so we're going to expand our current shuttle system we have a free shuttle system that takes currently students from campus to the nearby train station now it's also going to take students back and forth between that other campus as well that new campus is going to be the home of our new school of health science we have a really great partnership that we announced earlier this year um, with new york Presbyterian hospital they actually donated uh, you know hefty uh, sum of money to help us kind of start that program and really kind of help you know make it a premier institution for the health sciences so we're you know it's, it's just so many things that are happening right now and that have been happening kind of to lead us to this point but you know in terms of like, specifically for long island families you know i've like i said i'm a you know native long islander i still live on long island and i think one of the best things about us in relation to long island is we're kind of like the best of both worlds we're in between long island and we're not too far from new york city i'm a big city guy so that was something that interests me you know being on and from Long Beach, taking the train into New York City, it's about an hour ride. Whereas where we are in New Rochelle, it's about a 30 minute train ride into Grand Central. So from Grand Central, you're in the heart of the city. So, you know, with Iona compared to really anywhere on Long Island, we're not too close, but we're also not too far. So it's it's one of those things where if you want to go away, but you still want to be able to see your family because you, you're a homebody, because all of us on Long Island, for the most part, are homebodies. We love our families. We love being home. You know, that's something that I, 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 I had that comfort knowing that if I needed to get home, or if I just wanted to like take a step back and just go home, I didn't have to worry about traveling halfway across the country or, you know, do anything for four like travel for four hours away or whatever. So I, that's one of the big things for me. I think is it's just where we're located. We have a lot of lot of great opportunities in New York, also in Stanford, Connecticut, because we're on the Metro North Line. So it's either thirty minutes in, into NYC or thirty minutes into Connecticut. So there's a lot of cool opportunities in terms of, you know potential internships and job opportunities um and then again like i said we're, we're also growing so it's it, to me there's there's so many different things you know we're, we're definitely a very specific school for you know those students who don't want to get lost in like those massive schools and, you know and sometimes students that's what they want uh for us like i said you know we're a very very specific school for that type of student who you know wants to be a big fish in a small pond um would still like to be close to the city get involved in different things because we have over 80 active clubs and organizations with that new campus we're going to have more space to do and grow our club sports and intramural teams, which we're currently doing. We just started um, a, a, a men's spring lacrosse uh, club team because we didn't have any offerings for, for men's lacrosse. So, you know, things like that is, is just, it's just kind of currently happening on campus. And, and it's just, like I said, it's, there's never really been a better time 
to kind of learn a little more about us because there's so much going on and so many things that are going to be happening soon that it's um it's pretty exciting both as an alum and also someone who works there and who's who's kind of seen the trajectory that we're going on to see kind of how it folds out well that's great to hear about all of the new initiatives and the growth sounds really exciting and i love that you pointed out how you know in your own case you wanted to be close to home but away and have access to of course new york city which uh offers a wealth of opportunities obviously Benny, with more schools going test optional and the ease in which students can apply to multiple schools, of course, thanks to the Common App or the Coalition App, what shifts have you made in your admissions process with the increase in student applications? Yeah, so we were kind of ahead of the curve when it came to going test optional, and that's been a conversation, you know, across higher education, particularly with, you know, higher institutions for a number of years, you know, whether or not schools should go test optional, whether or not it should be considered. So we went test optional that fall before, you know, the pandemic hit. Um, And then once the pandemic hit, you really saw a shift. You saw schools that never would have even considered it. But because of just how everything was full stop, people were, you know, in quarantine, you know, and then just that backlog, they, they knew that they, things had to change. So, so for us, you know, we were kind of already building towards that. So it really didn't affect kind of how much we were doing things. Um, again, a lot of the things that I've just talked about before about how we're growing and stuff like that, we were built, we've been building ourselves to do that. So we've been slowly, you know, increasing our reach, um, trying new uh, initiatives, really, you know, renovating and expanding certain parts of campus. So we've been slowly building ourselves with the intention of increasing our applications and increasing our just our presence. So um, for us, you know, we're in that kind of unique position where we kind of saw it before it really kind of took the major shift. I think, you know, had the pandemic not happened, things would have definitely moved a little slower across the board. But because of the pandemic, things kind of really escalated and really moved things forward. So for us, you know, it, it, it didn't really change too much of how we were kind of going about our, our application process and our conversations with families, but it definitely made us realize, you know, we should really kind of provide some more opportunities virtually. I think that was like the biggest thing was, you know, we, we need to do some more virtual stuff. Cause you know, one of the things that, you know, a lot of families don't realize is, and I, and I think some of them do depending on um, kind of, you know, what their career is, you know, the pandemic really forced you to kind of take a step back and really look at what you're doing and what you're, you know, whatever industry that you're in, like, does this make sense for me? Does this make, is this the most effective way? And I think for us, we realized that a, not only is it helpful just to have a wealth of virtual content, but it's also more convenient, especially if you're trying for us, like a local, you know, New York school, if we have students from the West coast, you know, who, who are maybe athletes, or maybe they just want to be in New York city, having now this whole like virtual, like our accepted students days, our virtual open houses, having those kind of options really increases our, our reach, but it also, it's more convenient for those families who maybe, you know, don't have the, they maybe have to be really more selective when it comes to where they're going. And even some students on Long Island, you know, cost is a factor for a lot of them, particularly because of how the pandemic has affected their personal lives and their family's income. So, you know, they may not have a car to, to come up and see campus or they, you know, their parents may be working two, three jobs. So having those virtual options, I think, has really affected just kind of our reach. But also at the same time, it has pros and cons like everything else. And I think one of the cons is that our students are just tired of the virtual landscape. They just want to be in school. They just want to go to those campuses things. So kind of finding that that hybrid has is, is probably been the biggest challenge over the past two years and, and has really kind of affected how we kind of approach our interactions with students. 
Well, I appreciate that insight. And yes, we've certainly learned a lot from COVID. And uh, as you mentioned, some of them, very positive things, you know, to help make us better. So I really appreciate hearing you articulate all of that. In my research, I found out, I know that IONA offers special programs for students that have IEPs in high school. Can you take a moment to explain those offerings, which by the way, are outstanding? Yeah, absolutely. So we're lucky enough to have what's called the College Assistance Program or um, the CAP program. And, and that's an optional fee-based program that offers comprehensive support and services for students with diagnosed learning disabilities, ADHD, traumatic brain injuries, or just, you know, maybe they're somewhere on the autism spectrum. So, you know, it, we have a really strong team that's comprised of uh, professional learning specialists who who really guide and help mentor the students throughout their four years on Iona. So that's kind of, you know, where that, that fee, that additional fee comes because it's a really full fledged, you know, program that's really making sure that the students, you know, have their needs being met. Cause that's the most important thing when it comes to these type of students, because these type of students, they just need, you know, a lot of them are high achieving. They just need that extra support to kind of make sure that they can excel in what they're doing. So, um, you know, there's a whole separate application process there's an interview process. They ask for specific documentation. Um, and again, they just, our, our CAP program really, you know, wants to make sure that the students' needs are being met. So they tailor the program to whatever those needs, those, um, needs are. So they, you know, whatever it's, if it's more time or they're just, you know, advocacy training, they do a lot of cool things um, to really make sure that our students that come to the CAP program, you know, are prepared to you know, succeed in classes, maybe have internships. And also, you know, they so they, they know that they have someone that they can go to in addition to, you know, our free tutoring center, in addition to their professors. So it's it's something that's, you know, that, that's something that we've really refined over the years and and has been such a positive um, aspect to, to our students who, you know, who need that extra support um, in a lot of different ways. And some of the things that they do, you know, in addition to their accommodations, uh, they have counseling uh, available for those students. They do, they work with them with throughout the advising um, and the registration process because that's a little overwhelming, especially when, you know, if they're not sure what they want to do. And they do professional skills-based tutoring. So they, in addition to advocacy training. So they really make sure that, you know, in addition to getting those supports that they need, they also are like building these students up and they're, and they're making sure that they students can stand up for themselves and stand on their own two feet, you know, once they graduate. So it's a, it's a really, really great program. Um, that we're really lucky to have. And in addition to that, we also have the Accessibility Service Office. So they, you know, are a similar program that works very closely with the CAP program. And they also offer accommodations, but not to the same degree. It's not a structure. There's no additional fee for it. It's really for students who just maybe need those special accommodations, but not necessarily need like a full-fledged program. Like they can stand on their own two feet. So um, they do a lot of great stuff on our campus. And, and it's, you know, something that, again, that we've we're, we're really lucky to have because I, I it makes a big difference for a lot of these students and, and also it's a it's a not, it's a nice way for those families to kind of have a peace of mind because that's ultimately a deal breaker for a lot of this a lot of their families because they don't they want to make sure that their student is getting a quality education experience but also have the tools that they need to succeed both in, in college and, and outside of it so that's kind of like you know our, our cap program and the accessibility service office offerings in, in a nutshell well I read that it's an amazing program. I did a lot of research, as I mentioned, and it's very important to not only select the appropriate students to come to your school, but once they're on your campus, you want to make sure that every student is, in fact, successful. So the CAP program is definitely something to look into. In fact, Benny, after this show, 
any links that you want to provide, whether it's just a general link to the admissions office, links to the CAP Center, provide them to me and we'll put them in the show notes for the episode. Thank you so much for that explanation, by the way. What is the average profile, by the way, of the current freshman class in terms of their GPA and any other related data you collect? Yeah, absolutely. So our current average is somewhere between, I want to say, 84 to 86. You know, a good place to be is, uh, is above an 80 for any student who's interested in Iona. Um, as I mentioned, we are test optional, but prior to going to test optional, our average for the SAT was about a 1070. And for about the ACT, it was about a 23. So, um, you know, we're, we're the type of institution that we we really take a holistic approach. And, you know, a lot of schools say that, but, we're, you know, we're, we're very true to that. So in addition to looking at the students, you know, current standing when it comes to their GPA and their test scores, um, we also look at, you know, everything else that's part of the application. We look at things that they're involved in because we have certain scholarships, you know, for students who are interested in community service who are, you know, interested in doing the, anything in the performing arts. That's something that we take note of and, and we, we talk to, we have those conversations with those students because that's just another way for them to kind of save money down the line. Um, you know, we do have the honors program. You know, there's something that I, I didn't mention before with the honors program. There's no additional application for the honors program. So that's something that we take a look into as we evaluate every student who applies as a committee. Uh, and we recommend those students that we feel that has shown that they can take challenging courses, that they have GPA. We're test optional for all things, including the honors program. Uh, but if they have test scores, well, that's just another thing for us to look at. So, you know, we, we really do look at everything. We read the essays. Um, you know, we look at the recommendations from the counselors, from the teachers. We always try to, we always recommend to have a counselor recommendation because ideally your interactions with the counselors should hopefully, it provides one different perspective than what a teacher would be because they're it's a different kind of relationship and and there's you it, it, i feel like you're kind of missing out on something if you don't have a good relationship with a counselor if you just don't utilize the resources that they can provide as well so um like i said we really we really look at everything and we, and we just want to make sure that you know nothing no stone is left unturned and that we really get to know you and when it comes to the essay you know i always tell my students you know that's your opportunity to to really present who you are as an individual to the admissions committee because we read essays, tons and tons of essays every year. And there's there comes a time where you, you kind of, like in my, my four and a half years of experience, I could start an essay and immediately tell you what it's about just because I've seen the same type of essay. But you know, right. there's also right. essays out there that, that dig a little deeper. So my biggest advice for students and you know who are applying, come up with the first draft of an essay and then go through it with someone have someone proofread it, but also see if you can go a little bit deeper. And I'm talking about, you know, the, the most common essays that I see are involving, you know, students who are involved in a sports team. Like, as soon as I start reading that, I can tell you that they're going to talk about how the sports changed their life. It showed it, you know, allowed them to, you know, they, they realized the, the importance of hard work and overcoming obstacles. They learned a lot of life skills. Like, I've, I've read those essays a thousand times. I can spot them from a, from a get-go, from like the start. But, you know, those other essays that dig a little deeper and tell me something about a specific moment in their life, a challenge, you know, there, it could be whatever it is. It just has to be more because we can, we can, as someone who's, who reads them all the time, you can see the difference between someone who puts no effort into it or has no idea what they want to write versus the, the student who, who puts a lot of effort in. So... Um, you again you want to make sure that it makes sense it's one cohesive 
story or you're trying to tell us something because sometimes they'll have like I'll, I'll read an essay that's like starts off really strong but then they just change the subject and completely something completely different which is which is fine because it's it's written well but at the same time it, there's no cohesiveness so it's like i some there's been times i've read essays and i'm like what were you trying to tell me like because i didn't learn anything or there's essays where it's just kind of them talking about a random history fact that's that's great like i understand you like history and, and this is important but what this isn't telling me anything about you so the essay is a super part uh it's a super super important part of the application for review for us because again it's it's our way to know who you are as a person and maybe what your interests are maybe what your goals are because we won't get that information anywhere else you know we your transcript tells us how you're currently doing your teachers tells us how you do in class your counselor maybe if you know if you have a good relationship will tell me a little bit more about you but other than that if we don't interact prior to reading an application the essay is, is your best opportunity to really again present who you are to the counselor or to the admissions counselor so you know holistic approach is how we approach it we look at everything but for me personally and i can and i'm, I'm sure a lot of my my members on the on my team is would, would agree the essay is really really important for a, a lot of different reasons so i love the way you articulated that and how you asked the question what did i learn about you after reading the essay and again if you didn't re learn anything about the student's personality or what really drives them and makes them want to get up every morning and uh, you know get out of bed, then the essay is probably not that good because you don't want them to just reiterate what's on the transcript, for example, or what's in other parts of the application. So Benny, that's great advice. And since we're on the topic of the essay, do you have an example of one that really stuck with you? You know, when you read it, you said, I really have to meet this kid. Man, there has been so many of those. Uh, it's so hard <laughs> to kind of think of one really one, like one good one, because there's been so many of them. And I, I would have to say there was a recent one in the fall where this student was 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 talking about her family tradition of, of like making sure that they eat all her vegetables. And just the way that she... <laughs> started off with like this is our family tradition like i hate i hate eat, eating vegetables and then she like related <laughs> how she compared that to an obstacle that she overcame and very similar to learn she learned the hard way that it's important to to kind of have those conversations and to you know not necessarily always push back um and then she kind of ended it was well now i try my at least try my best to eat some of those vegetables like it was that was just like a very funny one that was so just like completely refreshing and it was a fresh take on the essay and, and relating, you know, a, a, a challenge that you overcame, but also specifically talking about, you know, how you overcame it and relating it. And it, it was just a really concise essay that I, that I enjoyed. And I have met that student since, and I did laugh about it with her, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things where you could see the effort, you could see the creativity in that essay. I mean, you don't always see that. And that's to say, and that's not really to say that all the essays that I've read are bad because there's so many good ones there's there could be they could be better is, is essentially what i'm trying to say um and it'll, and every essay is different every you know every student is a different type of writer which is okay i, I was not the best you know writer going in, going into college i'm still probably not the best but you know i've improved <laughs> over the years for sure but yeah I, w I would say that that vegetable one was a really good one and there's there's some that essays that just really you know uh tug in my heartstrings you know my, my father passed away right before covid hit and you know, every time I read one of those essays, I'm like, 
I, I can relate to that, you know, sure. I can sure. relate to, to that, what that loss feels like, how that affects your family dynamic, how that affects income. Like I, I can, I, I understand that in a lot of different ways. So, you know, really finding those things. And, and that's a hard thing to do, especially, you know, when students are applying to multiple schools, you know, you don't know, you don't always know who the reader is, you know, not every school does this like us where it's like, really, at least your admission counselor at Iona is, is doing the first read and then we pass it over our notes to our committee who ultimately make that final decision. Some schools, like if you're applying to a massive school, like, you know, that not that might not be the case. They may have to like they sometimes schools hire other people to like outside readers who have experience reading applications to kind of help them because they right. just have such a high volume, you know. So so that that's something else to keep in mind, as well. And 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 one of my favorite things um, that I always chuckle about, but it's it's it happens more times than you think because we're Common App exclusive. Sometimes students don't realize that the essay they submit goes to every school that they apply to. Right. So there's right. big times where I'll be reading an essay and they'll have another school's like they're like, and this is why I really want to go to insert school here, and <laughs> we're not that school, and we're you know that that's a bad look you know for us you know I personally don't hold it against this student. I can't speak to other institutions what their things are, but at least I don't you know because I I just think it's funny. But that's something you know it's things like that that you can you got to just be mindful of and. Because so many times students, they just don't realize that, you know, and, uh, but to us, I'm like, all right, if I see that now, I know that I gotta, we gotta, we gotta have a conversation. Cause like, clearly this is your number one choice. If you put, this is the school that you really kind of relate with. So, you know, so it's, it's things like that, that could easily be avoidable, but also, you know, could lead to a conversation as well. And I think it's planning and you're right. The common application allows you obviously to submit to multiple schools which is why in many cases schools are receiving more applications. But students, every time you submit, if you're applying to Iona College, make sure it says Iona College. And if you're applying to ABC College, make sure it doesn't say Iona, but ABC and vice versa. Yeah. So it's really important, you know, in terms of the planning. Um, and I'm glad, Benny, that you don't hold it against them. Yeah. But there are places and there are people that will hold that against you if you miss a comma, if you misspell something, if you put the wrong school, people are watching. So yeah, every you have to be different. very careful. Every you have to different. be very careful. And every school has different ways to apply. Like for us, we're Common App exclusive. So like, you know, if you're writing an essay on, you know, you want to make sure that it's, it's not college specific for in that case, because you don't, again, you don't want to fall in that trap where you send the essay and every student, get, like every school that you apply to gets that same essay about that one specific school. But if you have a school that has a separate application that's their own application, then yeah, absolutely. You know, you want to cater to that right. in that sense, right. for sure. And that for sure is great advice. Speaking of advice, what advice would you give a student if they fall lower than the current freshman class average? Should they apply? What could they do to enhance their chances? Yeah, great question. Um, that's that's something that you know every school deals with in different ways. For us at Iona, and particularly with my students, because we're we're fairly local and we're not too much of a trip, I always encourage students to to have an interview with me. You know, during the pandemic, we did I only did virtual interviews. You know, because I I didn't want to put those students and their families in a tough situation. But you know, it's now since things have kind of changed quite a bit, and it's a little bit more. You know, COVID isn't it's it's prevalent, but it's not as as prevalent. And it's not as consuming as it used to be. You know, I, I encourage students to come to the campus, schedule an interview. You don't have to wait for us to reach out to you to do that. You know, I reached out to some students earlier this week just to do that. Um, but, you know, that's the biggest advice. Go to campus, go for a campus visit, you know, because at least we track that information. You know, if we see that you're 
putting the work in, you're, you're coming to our campus, you're coming to an interview, you're coming to our events, then you're showing that you're interested, you know, and then now we can have a conversation. If you don't put that effort in, I guarantee you a lot of schools, that's all they need, you know, because at the end of the day, they, they, want, they have other students they have to work with. And so if you're not, you know, putting that effort in, that just tells us that you're, we're just not higher in list. So that may affect that school's, you know, um, decision on you. You know, I try my best to, to try to avoid those, you know, that kind of that, that, uh, that outcome, because I really want to always give my best to my students and really make sure that I'm always doing everything that I possibly can to get their questions in, to get them to come to campus, to come in, to, you know, do that interview to kind of push them through. But, you know, at the, every, at the end of the day, every student and their families have different, you know, uh, personal experiences and, and things going on in their lives. So I get that as well. So my, that's my biggest advice. Visit to an interview, you know, with, the, with your counselor if you can. And I appreciate that you're talking about the fact that you do measure demonstrated interest. So, for example, how many times a student comes to the campus, how many times a student actually opens and reads your email. These are, you know, themes that we're hearing uh, more and more as we talk to different admissions reps. So, Benny, if they come to you for an interview, what advice would you give a student preparing for that interview in terms of, what to do, perhaps what not to do. Could you give us a little bit of insight in terms of what you've seen and what's good and what's not? Yeah, I haven't really had a negative experience with the students because, you know, the, the students for a lot of the times when they, when we do, when I do interviews with them, you could tell that they're nervous. Um, my biggest advice is, you know, don't be nervous, be yourself. That's, that's the whole point. You know, for me, I always um, articulated to my students when, when we're having that conversation about scheduling an interview. Um, is that it's just an opportunity for me to get to know you a little bit better. You know, um, it, for us, like we, we really try our best at Iona to advocate for all our students to apply. And again, if you're showing us the work, if you're putting that work in, you're, you're coming to campus, you're doing an interview, it just makes our lives a lot easier to, to advocate for you. You know, you know, so when we, when we bring your application back to our committee, um, and we, we have all these, we have all the receipts here, you know, you visited, you, you, you did the interview that allows us to kind of have a, a conversation and we're able to kind of you know potentially depending on the student how they are how they're currently doing um we're able to kind of move them forward with the process you know whereas the student who i tried reaching out to didn't get back to me hasn't visited to me that just shows that they're just not interested or maybe they got accepted somewhere else or maybe things change there i don't know you, you don't know because <laughs> sometimes students right. don't always get back to you right. um so you know i would definitely recommend being yourself have questions that you want to know, whether it's about Iona, whether it's about the process, next steps, just have some questions as well. Cause I always, with my interviews, I always, you know, start off with some general questions and then I always leave it time to, um, at the end for, for my students in case they have any questions. Cause they may have questions. They may have concerns. They may not sure. May they may not be, they may not know if, if Iona is the best fit for them. You know, it's a, it's a great opportunity for, for, for like both sides to really get to know the other side a little bit better. Um, so, you know, that, those would be, those would be my, my biggest advice is be yourself, don't be nervous and just, you know, have some questions of your own, um, either about the institution or, or next steps or stuff like that. I appreciate the insight, obviously great advice. I also know that Iona is test optional, but I was curious if a student chooses not to submit their scores, how does that affect them in terms of being considered for merit-based scholarships? Yeah, great question. So like I said before, we were ahead of the curve um, when it came to going test optional. So we didn't like have to react to the pandemic to kind of change things on the spot. So for us, you know, our financial aid packages was already kind of tailored to be test optional. So the way our, our merit scholarship works, and, and we've really, I feel, have done a better job of 
making it our offers really competitive, more competitive than they have been in the past from the get-go because we recognize you know we're, we're a private institution and, and cost is a big factor for sure. So we, we always try our best to to provide different opportunities and try to minimize and, and close that gap as much as we can. Um, so for us, you know, we, we typically go by the time of admission. You know, that's that's automatically whatever you, you apply as, that's what your merit scholarship is going to be. Um, we also offer on, an on-campus um, a scholarship. So those students, you know, that's another $3,000 if they indicate that they're trying to live on campus, which is pretty much all of my Long Island students. Um, and then we have the honors program, which is another $2,000. So if, we, if you've taken, for example, five and above honor classes, AP classes, IB classes, um, you could be, again, we're test optional, but if you have like anything above like a 1200, you know, that's going to be included into it. So, you know, all those little things just from applying, you know, and not really doing anything um, really will help you. So for us, you know, test scores, that's why we were, we were able to confidently say we're test optional because it, it really doesn't have any negative effect. The really the only positive effect is that, you know, you may be considered for the honors program. You may be, maybe you have test scores and you're, you're trying to apply for our direct entry for nursing. Then we'll, we can look at those two and, and, or even, you know, any of our, you know, we have a, we have a direct entry for our, our speech graduate level program for speech communications, our speech pathology and communications disorders. So, um, you know, all those things like that's kind of where they kind of, you know, if, if you're trying to be considered for those higher end programs, then that's where the test scores kind of really pay a huge factor. But when it comes to, um, you know, maybe that the, the merit scholarship, our merit scholarship is based on your GPA. So it won't really have, you know, too much of a factor in it, which is a good thing. But again, keep in mind, every school does things differently. So that may not be the case for any other school that you're applying to. So you always want to have those conversations pretty early on in the process. Um, so that way, you know, you kind of know what to do and what your options are afterwards. And I think that's great advice to reach out to the schools that you're applying to. It doesn't cost anything to send an email. Admissions reps are very happy to answer questions and to help students and their parents throughout the process with whatever your questions are. So thank you for shedding some light on that as well, Benny. What about students aspiring to play sports in college? Do you have any advice for prospective student athletes in terms of making their intentions known to play? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we're Division One, so it's it's very competitive for a lot of our students. And there's a lot of students, you know, across the board and all and all our main territories that we recruit from that they want to play, you know, on the on that top that top level. Um, my biggest advice, you know, try to. It, it's hard because especially with D One, there's a lot of restrictions prior to becoming a senior. Um, so you know, if you can go to clinics, um, any any type of clinic, whether it's soccer clinic, lacrosse clinic, or basketball, like anything like that. You know, definitely that's something I would encourage to, to try to do. Um, communicate with your coach, you know, your current coach, um, you know, what your intentions are, what the school, like ideally, if you have any schools in mind prior to like your senior year, like, you know, connect with them, see if they can, you know, send some of that information out. Um, on our website, you know, our athletics department has their own kind of separate website for, for all our sports. Um, once you become uh, a senior or like this, this summer right going into your senior year, at least if you got, if anyone's interested in Iona and they're interested in playing, you know, we have our own online recruitment form. All our teams have their own on online recruitment form. Um, you can, can you know, pretty much put your information there, put any of your times or your, your stats or anything like that there. That's also a great opportunity for them. And then our coaches' information is also located there as well. So you can always reach out to them. Typically, you know, our, our, our D1 coaches, they typically look at students starting their junior year. So, you know, ideally you want to have those conversations with your coach before junior year and, and you want to, you know, have them reach out on behalf if you can. 
because a lot of a lot of coaches on the island are very much well connected with a number of schools. So they, there's tons of opportunities out there for sure. Well, thank you for that insight. And again, any links that you want to include in the show notes, I'm happy to provide them to students and parents. And of course, they could always reach out to the Iona College Admissions Office. So lastly, Benny, what are the three main pieces of advice you would offer prospective students and their parents who are preparing for the admissions process? Yeah. Oh, man. Three main advice. Um, <laughs> that's hard because I, I, it does kind of depend on, the, on what the family's current situation is. But definitely the, the number one would be to visit. Um, if you can visit earlier, do it. Um, that was something that a lot of families had to deal with when COVID hit. Uh, a lot of seniors, you know, they sometimes seniors and their families will wait until they hear back from schools. I wouldn't recommend doing that just because, you know, that's what happened with COVID and none of our students were able to visit for a, a good chunk of them. Um, so, you know, that's something that that was a, that can happen. Not saying another pandemic is going to happen again that closes everything down. But, you know, you not only does it help you figure out whether or not you could see yourself at that institution, which it does. It is, you know, at the end of the day, you want to have to be able to visualize it and you want to be able to know what it looks like and, and make sure that, you know, all your questions are answered. So the sooner that you're able to visit those schools, the sooner hopefully that will help you with your, your choice, especially if you have a, li- a huge list. If you have like 10 plus schools, you know, obviously it's not, it's going to be a lot harder to visit all those 10 schools. So you really want to narrow that search down and do that as early as you can, because it just gives you more time. You know, that's, that's something that I always talk about when it comes to like students who are interested in early action, which is like that non-binding, Uh, decision deadline for a lot of schools you know the biggest benefit of that is that you just have more time and you'll find the spring goes by so fast may 1st is the national college deadline and we have tons of events at iona from now to then so you know we we, we really try our best to kind of give those opportunities for those students to come and kind of get all their questions answered but if you wait the last minute to start visiting schools you're gonna you're gonna find yourself overwhelmed so visit as as early as you can you know, we had juniors and sophomores on campus this week in addition to seniors as well. Um, so it, it's up to you ultimately kind of how that looks. But the biggest one would be to visit. Um, the second advice, I would say, don't be afraid to ask questions. This goes for both parents and students, uh, because a lot of times I'll be interacting with students and their families and their most are the parents. And they're like, oh, I don't want to bother you. Like you that's a, that's a, that's a bad way to kind of think about it. You're not you're not bothering me. Uh, I can't speak to all the council, <laughs> councils in the world, but for me, it's my job to make sure that you have all your questions answered so that you can make the most informed decision. Because obviously, I, you know, if we're, if we're interacting, I would like you to choose Iona. But, you know, at the end of the day, that may not be the best fit for, for the student. So, you know, it's really my job to make sure those questions are answered. You know, think of, I always describe admissions counselors as kind of like the gatekeepers of campus. So we can also direct you to other areas of campus. So if you have financial aid questions, all right, I'll direct you to your financial aid counselor. If you have if you want to learn more about service, I'll direct you to someone in service. You know, that's kind of, you know, in addition to answering general questions, I can I can have those questions. Now, I'm in the new position where I also went to Iona, so I could also talk about all those things from my personal experience. But, you know, uh, the biggest advice, don't be afraid to ask questions, ask those questions. And then also the very final advice I would say, um, you know, this is kind of more so after you've students and their families have applied and kind of heard back from schools, um, submit a FAFSA because the FAFSA, you know, creates a financial aid package. And with financial aid, exhaust all your options. You know, for us, we have additional scholarships that we we start, you know, bringing out in the spring. You know, if you want to have a conversation about seeing if there's any more we can do, you know, we have an appeal process as well. But we don't, you know, if you don't tell us that that's what you need, 
that's the, you need a little bit more support. We can't have those conversations. So, you know, it really submit the FAFSA and exhaust and exhaust all your options because there's there's things that, you know, hopefully can make a big difference if you if you have those conversations. So they all kind of tie in together in a lot of different ways. But you know, I would say those are probably my top three biggest advice. Well, Benny, again, I can't thank you enough for your insight, your expertise, and for giving us your time today. I know it's going to help a lot of students and their parents, and I'm truly grateful for all of the great things that you do. Like I said, I've known you now for quite a few years, and you're just amazing at what you do, and it was an honor to have you on today. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap.